What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome back, film and pop culture fans, to Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, is Drew Douglas. Man, this 2022 version of you is just so calm and relaxed. (laughs) The 2022 version is like the sequel to 2020, but I am too strung out on all my allergy meds to prevent me from coughing nonstop through a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, for whatever reason, I have, I've, in recent days, have had like a tickle in my throat. So again, if I start coughing during this, I'm not uh, taking a hit from a joint. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Snoop Dogging it uh, at the Super Bowl. Did you see that video of him lighting up right before he yeah. went on stage? I love it was Kimmel who called it. Oh, I have to go back and look, but I saw earlier. And it was like, uh, he made a play off of that where it was like light bowl or something like that. And oh. yeah, it was it was hilarious because I'm like, I expect nothing less of you, Snoop Dogg. I and, know. And I kept seeing headlines. It was like Snoop Dogg caught smoking weed before <laughs> Super Bowl. I'm like, what in the world did you expect? Well, Pop Culture, thanks, thanks for joining us because we are going to do two big things. First, we're going to talk about Rotten Tomatoes. We've got several updates for you. And lastly, we've got Best Pick nominations that have just released. And we're going to talk about the Best Picture nominations. There are 10. We're going to talk about which ones we've seen and which ones are complete garbage, which covers most of the list. (laughs) Oh, Uh, my goodness. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. Actually, uh, I've got some surprising things to say, but you'll have to stick around and find out what that is. But first off, Rotten Tomatoes game. Drew, we've got an update. Um, So Rotten Tomatoes game, if you've never listened, Daniel and I make predictions on movies that are coming out. So far, we've done. Now, what we've been doing, we're going to count uh, who gets what right through the first half of 2022. And we've been counting three films that came out in December. And I texted you today. I'm like, why are we doing that? (laughs) So we're starting from Scream on... uh, you ended up getting Scream right. You were closest, which kind of makes me angry because we lock in, after two weeks, we lock in whatever it is on Rotten Tomatoes and that's the score. It actually, I think, went up, which made me the winner, but we had already locked it in, so you got the win when we officially announced it. (laughs) So you got Scream, uh, but we have two more we're locking in today. We have Jackass Forever and Moonfall. Uh, Jackass Forever is, we're locking that number in at 86%. I said 69, you said 55. So even me being off 17, I get the W. Yeah. So we're uh, we're tied up at one apiece. And then Moonfall, 38% is what we're locking it in at. I, I guess 32, I was really close. You said 15, off by 23. So I get Moonfall. So I'm now up two points to one. Um, this weekend, Netflix is releasing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I predicted 46%. You, 
You said 30%. So far, there are no reviews yet. We're going to see how that is. I can't imagine it's going to be good, though. I And looking at this, it's like, considering what Uncharted's numbers are getting right now, I'm like, man, Texas Chainsaw has to tank. But I don't know. Uh, Marry Me has surprised me big time. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna end up getting that that I think just dropped below fifty percent, but you yeah. predicted forty five percent, and I said thirty six. So there's really no way I can win that. Death on the Nile though is the one that keeps going up and down. I said sixty four, you said sixty seven. Right now it's sixty five, but it's been fluctuating between sixty five and sixty six, which would which makes one of us one away. I do love the fact that it's literally smack dab in the middle of our picks. And so that kind of makes us seem like we're really, uh, we're, we're, we're smarter than the trades whenever it comes to this in terms of super intelligent, determining the course of new films that are coming out. We should basically be hired as analysts. I mean, this is basically all we do on the podcast at this point, because there's nothing else to talk about. (laughs) We should just rebrand the entire show. And it's all games. It's fun and exactly. games. Exactly. I mean, that's it's for our own entertainment. Now that there's 200 reviews on uh, Death on the Nile at the moment. So I don't know how much more they can add. Yeah. And it's it's I don't think it will sway that much, but we're talking about a percent. And I mean one, two reviews, something like that, a really positive, a really poopy one it could end up either pulling it one direction or the other and therefore cementing us, one of us as the winner. So this is, this is close. This is actually, uh, this is very exciting. I weirdly enough woke up kind of freaking out that I missed it. And then I'm like, okay, it went back in my favor, but then I went throughout my day and then found out that it went back in your favor. So death on the Nile, it's anyone's game. It's it's definitely too early to call. And then the other one we did this past weekend was Blacklight. I said 31. You said 55 for some reason. It's at 7%. <laughs> it's 75 reviews. So there's no way you're going to win that. So at the Zero. moment, I'm going to get Marry Me and Blacklight. So that's, I mean, this is a fun little game. Now, you saw Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Did you like it? I actually liked it a lot better than the Orient Express, which I oh, thought wow. was, yeah, I thought it was an okay movie, Orient Express, but weirdly enough, after that, I had, I never really thought a lot about it. Um, I Did you rewatch that going into this one? Because we did. No, I didn't. I, I thought, well, this should be a self-contained story, which there is a subplot, so to speak, that is involved from that one that carries over. And I was, I was surprised. I didn't know the story going into this. And I actually was kind of excited to see this movie. But overall, I enjoyed the film. I think that it was a fun little murder mystery. The thing that for me made it more appealing is this whole vacation, like a murder happens on vacation. And I would just kind of into these characters more than the Orient Express. Also enjoyed like say uh, Gal Gadot, I really enjoyed her in this. Uh, but it was also weird. Didn't you find it kind of ironic and funny at the same time that they had these, and I mean, kind of minor spoilers. Um, 
but the Cleopatra references, and she's yeah. supposed to be in Cleopatra. <laughs> and she is. She is. And not on top of that, we have uh, a character in this Army Hammer who is just like a huge sex fiend. <laughs> so he was basically playing himself um, in this movie. Now, one thing you said that you didn't like, and I I wasn't big on it either, was the 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 beginning and the end. Oh goodness! Which isn't necessarily connected to the main story. But it bookends the movie in a way that I'm like, I, I don't care. I yeah. honestly don't care. Yeah. And it's like it asks and answers a question that I'm thinking, was anyone really asking and wondering that? Like, No. It's like explaining Harrison Ford's scar on his chin in Indiana Jones. <laughs> like, who cares? No one on earth was like, we need that answered in this freaking trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it was weird because... Once the main story ended and we returned to this, I'm like, uh, oh, oh, okay. That kind of, it was, it was almost like you uh, finish a good meal and then, or how about even like a decent meal, but then you end up eating something that's got a bad taste and it's like, why? all right, that was unnecessary. I could have gone without that. And that's exactly what happened here. Like I just cut out the beginning and end and it's fine. Like it trims down the movie. It's a little bit shorter. Um, and now we're, say, we're saying this, assuming that the book is not the same, like sure. into the books are they're probably screaming their heads off right now going, oh. well, that's, that's how that book is. One thing too. I don't know if you noticed it. It's got some soup when they're in, when he's in Egypt by the pyramids, it's got some awful CG green screen stuff. There are some really, and, and I saw that as a major complaint from this movie where it was just very lackluster. And it made me wonder, was it because this was mainly created, that CG, at home? Because this movie was originally going to come out, you know, at the start of the pandemic, right? Or maybe uh, a few months into the pandemic. So maybe they worked. A lot of the graphic artists worked on this movie at home and... It was just kind of a result of that. I don't know. But I do really like that setting, being on a boat, being more of a um, luxurious setting rather than like the train. Um, the train was cool, but there's something about this I just liked. And because of that, I was more subjective in this kind of appealing to me more than Orient Express in the first place. Now, how is Marry Me? Was it really bad? The first 15 minutes, uh, I, you know, we watched it at home and 10 or 15 minutes go by and it, it sets up the whole story. And I was like, this is, this is so terrible. Ooh. This is not, I, it was just so outlandish. And then when they kind of are together, Owen and, and, and J-Lo, it, uh, it works a little enough to keep me, uh, enough to keep me entertained for most of the movie. And then it's all predictable. You know it's going to happen. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting that I didn't think Wilson and J-Lo had very much chemistry. See, that's based on the trailers and what I've seen. It doesn't look like it. To her especially, she like did not seem interested. <laughs> you know, there's just a feeling like she there's no she's not into this guy. Like it, it seems very apparent. So since he's not been out like. Well, I think at the time she was with Alex Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. 
And uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it was okay. I don't think I'd ever watch it again. My wife liked it and uh, kept defending it quite a bit. Yeah, I, it's I'm. It's funny because I will be watching it this weekend, and uh, <laughs> I will be reporting back to you uh, probably Monday in terms of what I thought about it. But going into it, like I kind of want to see Wilson and J Lo together, but I'm not expecting much at all. <laughs> Speaking um, of fun, bad, we have 10 Best Picture nominees this year, <clears throat> transitioning into Oscars 2022. And of those 10 films, um, if you haven't seen the list, we have Belfast. Kenneth Branagh, mm-hmm. is, he's on fire. Uh, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, which I hadn't heard about until, I don't know, three weeks ago. And everyone was just like going bonkers for it. Uh, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Of those 10, how many of those movies have you seen so far? Without trying, like, because normally with best pictures, I feel like I have to seek them out. And, like, I have to go see them in the theater. But this year, it wasn't that way for me. Of that list, I've seen uh four fifths of them so eight out of the 10 movies i've seen what Uh, haven't you seen i have not seen drive my car which Mm -hmm. like you had not heard of this i had not heard of this movie until two days ago i've never (laughs) even heard of it well good news it's going to be on hbo max like i think march 1st so you're going to have a chance to see that really soon which i will see i will watch so I, and I know when you text about that being on HBO Max, I'm like, good, because I, like, I don't know where else I'd watch this. Uh, and that's the, the funny thing. Ever since you mentioned it, because honestly, I found out about this movie through you. And then it seems like today, this morning, I kept hearing people rave about it. And it's like, oh, it's such a, such a unique story. And like, the screenplay is great. I'm like, okay, like, it can't be that great if I haven't heard it, but, but I don't know. Maybe it is really great. Um, but the second movie is Power of the Dog. I, I actually, so when the trailer came out, I really wanted to see this. It looks really interesting to me, but here's a movie that once again falls in the trap of what we've talked about on the podcast before, where if Netflix releases a movie, I don't feel pressured to go and watch it as soon as I can. Whereas like a movie comes out in a theater, I'm like, okay, well, I've got a limited time, especially now. It's like, I feel like there's a small window of time that I would like to see this before it leaves, especially, so for example, Belfast, it came out and I knew it'd only be in the theater, the downtown theater where um, I've got an unlimited, uh, the unlimited Regal pass. Belfast came out, I knew it'd only be there for like three or four days. So I'm like, all right, now's my chance. If I don't see it, I probably won't. The other thing is, in that case, I was I was at home alone and I wasn't able to spend Christmas with my family. So I also didn't want to just sit at home <laughs> and uh, just be kind of in pseudo quarantine, um, even though I was fine uh, and hadn't been exposed. I'm like, I just want to get out. So I saw a lot of movies around this time. Weirdly enough, though, Don't Look Up when that came out. That came out on Christmas Eve. And since I was at home, I treated that as like a movie of 
like I've been anticipating this and it's not in the theater nearby. So I'm just going to watch it. So I actually woke up and watched that. Uh, Coda, I saw there was a friend who, a college friend who said, you have to see this movie. It's amazing. And because he was raving about it, I watched it with him because I, at the time, did not have Apple TV+. Plus. I think of these movies, it may be my second favorite on this list. Um, it's an amazing story, and it's a very unique story, too. But, um, I mean, the list is kind of a mixed bag, I feel. The problem is, like, how many of these movies are people actually talking about, like, I don't know, for example, was Dune the most talked about movie? Why is Dune nominated is my question. And I like Dune a lot, but yeah, that that's not a best picture nominee for me. I, well, and that's the problem. Like looking back at this year, I think there are some really good best picks, but I think there maybe the Academy is trying to justify it in terms of, well, people are talking about it. Well, even that, like people just aren't talking about Dune. Like, I don't know, other best, like say Joker. I know Joker seemed to be kind of a, more of a, a popular pick, you know, like they were trying well, that, to appeal to the mass. That didn't make sense either. Yeah. And, and that's another movie that it's like, you know, uh, won't go into that now, but um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. A lot of these picks, I, I can't quite figure out, but it's like, hmm, that's, uh, th- this is an interesting list. I digress. How many of these movies have you seen? I've only seen three. Ooh. So I got a lot to I, I got a lot to catch up on. Don't look up. Uh, I saw that. That was one. Like you, when it came out, I that was one of the few Netflix movies where we were like, we let's watch this like immediately because we we wanted to see it. Uh, Dune, which I, I liked. I, I don't know why that's nominated. And then last night I watched Nightmare Alley. Another movie that I, I liked, it's gorgeous, but why is this nominated for Best Picture? It doesn't really track for me. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that, um, especially for Nightmare Alley. And it's it's fascinating because like that's a movie, I wonder if it's in, it's among this list because of Guillermo's Shape of the Water or sh- Shape of Water. I mean, he's not nominated for director. It is cinematography, which really a, a gorgeous looking movie so i could see it winning but yeah I, you know watching it i liked it a lot but i couldn't figure out why that was among the 10 and then looking at the other categories for actor actor supporting actress actress supporting i have literally seen none of the movies that these people are nominated for so i have a massive amount of stuff to watch honestly this year with the list what really is the culprit for why I've seen so many is that we don't have the amount of movies that have come out uh, in 2021, as opposed to like say 2019 or 2018. I know their ratings have been in the tank, but like, can you imagine this has got to be the worst viewed Oscars ever, right? Oh, it gets, it gets worse every single year. And honestly, and I'm trying to knock anybody. If you like these three, that's fine. I have nothing against Regina Hall, but like, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes announced as host. That does not, as someone who honestly doesn't care about the Oscars, but cares enough just because it's movies, Yeah, that's not going to get me to watch. 
And I'm actually, there are a few of these picks that I'm really curious about. One being his best actor, because I think it goes between Will Smith or Denzel. And I got to be honest, that's tough. That is such a tough one to pick because I think Will Smith gives his best performance in King Richard. If it's someone other than those two, it's outrageous. But I, mean, I can, I already can tell you who, as someone who has not seen any of these, <laughs> I can tell you that Will Smith will win. I mean, honestly, he should. I, I know Denzel. I love, I loved his performance. I was such a standout, but they're just something about Will Smith and King Richard that it was just like his best. And that's another one, like not only for his role, but the entire movie. Like I kept telling my family and others, I'm like, you got to see this. You have to watch this movie. Like it comes out on HBO again. Watch it. Like watch it a second time. I, I really dug King Richard. And and you got to imagine too, Denzel's won twice. Yeah. You're it, probably more likely to give it to the guy that, has been nominated, has done a lot of good work over years, but has never won. I think the Academy over the last couple of years, they've been trying to do that, like be more, you could say, diplomatic in their picks. But yeah, I, I'm feeling the same as you with that. Well, we'll have like the entire Oscar breakdown list pod. And I'm I'm really curious what will end up making your list for what you think will win. Yeah, so coming up next, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sorry this was so short and lame, but we just we don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> it's uh it's a little bit like movies that are coming out uh at the beginning of this year. That's uh, short and not really sweet. I mean, it's just like I'm sorry, I'm not going to spend 30 minutes talking about Marry Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even Death on the Nile is like tough to do that with, though. Yeah, no thanks. One thing I wish that movie would have done, and I like that they do this in Murder, is it sets up the next one. And that's what I could have used as the tag. That would have been exciting. Yeah. But they uh, dropped the ball. So. Well, but what we will talk about. We'll even get a third one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I doubt we will. Well, film fans, join us next time when we fire up those chainsaws and we rip into. Texas Chainsaw Massacre.